You're listening to the 515 Podcast, led by Pastor John Wayne McMahon with Kingwood United Methodist Church in Kingwood, Texas. Thanks for downloading. Good afternoon. This is the 515 Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Priestmeyer, with Reverend John Wayne McMahon. As always, he is here today, live and in studio. John, Wayne, how are you doing, sir? I'm living the dream, baby. We are on episode 46. Yep. Most importantly, or more importantly... There's only two, so it's more importantly. This is the conclusion of our Lenten series. It is. Make ready. Yeah. That means like Easter is literally right around the corner. Yep. It's coming. So why don't Holy you... Week is upon us. It is. Mm-hmm. That's that's why we went and had Mexican food today for lunch, right? Yeah, that's a I think that's a Holy Week thing. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> it's some cultures, it's exactly Yeah, I believe I believe Saint Augustine was writing about Mexican food. Somewhere. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure there's that's we can justify it. We can verify that. Uh, later. That didn't um, take us long to get off. No. We're going with it, though. Yep. So, um, we are, like I said, finishing up. This is week six of our uh, Make Ready series. And this week, you talked about, um, I almost said it, Jesus, I almost said it in my country draw. <laughs> Jesus talking about. Jesus. Um, oh, gosh. Take it, please, for me. John before. 17. Yes, John 17 in the Bible. Yeah, Jesus praying for I'm gonna say two, uh, but Jesus is <laughs> praying for for uh, a few different things. But it's interesting, and one of one of the, I like the way you broke it up into the three yeah sections yeah. for us to follow along, kind of. The and kind of the way I'm, I I introed it is Jesus has been telling his disciples about the Father. Now he's about to talk to the Father about his friends. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, yeah, so there's three kind of big movements now. I mean. Scholars uh, or biblical scholars have have tried to um, break this this prayer into different ways, and it's mm-hmm. it's so at some point you can be trying to do too much with it. But but there are three, I think, three movements to John seventeen, uh, seven petitions in total. I I believe I think there's six very clearly, and the last one seems to be an implied petition. Okay. Uh, this ask the petitions what I mean are are asks that he's given to God mm-hmm. um, and so I think those seven can be broken into three movements one Jesus prays for himself and for glory like in the very beginning um, the second one is that he prays for his disciples and then the third one is he starts to pray for all those that would hear and know him through the message that the disciples give so he prays for us yeah is the last movement he prays for all of those that would come to know Christ and so um, those are the big movements. Uh, so we're looking at that. And how cool is that uh, to conclude a Lenten series by as we prepare and are being made into the image of Jesus as we're uh, approaching Holy Week um, to, to end it with Jesus literally praying over us. Yeah. That's a cool thing. I like how, I mean, six, this is six, the sixth week of this series. Mm-hmm. Is that a record for one of our sermon series to go that long? It feels like it might we've done, be. We've done a couple, like eight or ten, but six is a long one. Usually they're four or five. Yeah, yeah. okay, so that's what I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. So, But it really feels like we've been on a, a real long journey. Like and a we journey. do about six weeks every Lent. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's not new this year? Good. It's good to know. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> but it feels like we really have gone through this um journey with oh you totally threw me off with like the the first i mean we've gone through um 
the book yeah kind of in notice like chapters in, in big chunks yeah. Yeah, yeah, and we've yeah. gone from the beginning to the end and i really feel like that's a sense of accomplishment that we've really yeah we started out one place and we got to this other place and yeah it was a really good kind of structure through that yeah because uh so we looked at the upper room discourse john 13 through 17 uh it would take a year or more to go all the way through john's gospel right. but what you get to see in these chapters are kind of a um snapshot of both the understanding of Jesus and his mission and the way he teaches and pours into the disciples, but also the author, the evangelist, whoever's whoever has written this this book of John's gospel, mm-hmm. you get to see what he th- values and is lifting up as most important. Uh, and so leading into the final final sacrifice the hour has now come when we get to john chapter 12 and 13 and so these are this is how jesus chooses to to spend those last critical days uh, and that's with some of the teachings that we looked at over the last several weeks so it's yeah. really important so i'm curious let's let's 515 this sermon up yeah, let's because do it. um one of the things we like to talk about uh, in the 515 service was bringing forth these questions like okay well what what about this or how did this come mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. so i'm wondering um, here in in John seventeen, where or when in the timeline mm-hmm. was Jesus praying this, praying for glory? Yeah. Do we know? I mean, obviously, so um, I wasn't there. You weren't there. But yeah. what what do we know about this? So, so I mean, this is pretty debated. We think that it it makes sense and flows with the context of what's happening in the rest of the chapters that we've studied mm-hmm. in thirteen through seventeen. So it kind of makes sense in that final week. That Jesus, this is kind of a final prayer, sure. and he definitely says in this hour. The reason why, because uh, because the person uh, reading this would go, well, obviously this is right before he dies, because right. that's the chronological kind of flow mm-hmm, of it. Mm-hmm. But actually, it's kind of debated about where this prayer should fit. Um, different manuscripts had it in different places, but I think most most like the position it's in right now mm-hmm. at the end of the discourse um, as a way of kind of summing up. We see themes that are flying through it coming out in this prayer. Um, now we don't we don't think this happened. I say we like I just joined myself <laughs> with all these really smart people, but from what I can tell, most people don't think that this is a prayer that's happening in the garden at the same time the synoptic gospels mm-hmm. record that gethsemane prayer this is not to mean that jesus isn't suffering yeah. like in in the way that we see him suffering in prayer in the garden and other places that scene probably still is taking place john has just chosen to highlight something in a different way john chapter 12 has that language of um my the hours come and if this can pass let it be but you know kind of that not my will but yours will be done father we see some of that language so we know jesus um through john's gospel still experiences some of that um agony but this prayer seems to be more um, leading up in Holy Week and preparing them and kind of closing out the discourse kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so it could be in the upper room. Yeah. It could be it could be just after a meal that week. It could be it could be after the Last Supper. It really could be the prayer that, that takes sure. place at night before he goes out into the garden to pray. Would, might might the disciples still been around at the time, or yeah, might I they think disperse? So. You think? I think that. I think that for John to record this, or John, the author of John's yeah. Gospel to okay. record it in this mm-hmm. this this fashion, mm-hmm. then we can pretty much assume that Jesus prayed in this way. Because a lot of times we know that Jesus is praying, and he he leaves and goes off by himself and things like that. But 
this is the the content of the prayers recorded here, yeah. which would indicate that he's he's showing Jesus, he's showing the disciples what what this means to him and what he's praying for. Yeah. And so it's a way of teaching, but it's also still a way of preparing for what's to come. Okay. So uh, I really like the part where you talked about uh, Jesus emptying himself. Uh, so he could ask to be filled with that glory yeah. that he had in the beginning before yeah. the world began. Yeah. Um, kind of elaborate on that or talk about what is that emptiness that he was yeah. brought into. Yeah, so the very first movement is Jesus prays for himself or prays for glory. So he says um, right there at the beginning, God, I want you. I want you to be glorified. Excuse me. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. Then the next application, I mean the next Bible verse in verse 5, he says, And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Mm-hmm. He's asking God to to clothe him in splendor once more. And what we believe, I mean, I'm thinking of like Philippians chapter 2, that the, the one of the first hymns that we have, the, the hymn of Jesus there, who um, says this in Philippians 2, 6, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used uh, by his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And yeah. so there's an emptying out of the divine power. There's not an emptying out of the divine identity, mm-hmm. but there's an emptying out of the omniscience, om- omnipresence, um, uh, like of his power. He's limiting that by um, being contained within flesh and a human body. So just know that that Jesus has given up quite a bit in entering into the story. Yeah, and Jesus is asking to be returned to that place where Mm -hmm. there is no separation between God the Father and Jesus the Son, the first two persons of the Godhead. And so we're wanting to get back to that place. He's saying, clothe me in splendor again. Cool. Yeah. So you talked about the priestly prayer. Yeah. Um, So a lot of people have called this the priestly prayer. Right. Yeah. So, and, and you were, we were talking just a little earlier uh, about how uh, some have viewed this to be like the role of an Old Testament priest. Yeah. Would kind of go yeah. into the Holy of Holies and kind of seclude himself from everyone else and do the praying or whatever it was. Can I elaborate on that? Yeah, so, so um, that this high priestly prayer kind of thing came out from a theologian in like the 1500s. Okay. Some guy named David something, Kytros or something like that. Anyways, it kind of stuck because mm-hmm. it makes sense. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say like this is Jesus saying I am the high priest, right? But it's not gospel. The work that he does lines up with what like the writer of Hebrews is going to talk about how mm-hmm. Jesus uh, is the high priest that brings us into the holy of holies, and so in Jesus's death and resurrection, he is the Old Testament. Represent, representative of the people speaking to God on our behalf. Yeah. So in the Old Testament, the high priest uh, once a year can go into the Holy of Holies mm-hmm. uh, so he can bring the petitions and the prayers of the people to God. And so that that's that, there's some priestly actions in this John 17 where Jesus is praying on our behalf mm-hmm. to, to the Father. And so uh, it, that works. I think that that's okay. And like if we call it the high priestly prayer, that's fine. Um, yeah, but it's still a little bit debated. There, there's other things that he's doing that likens him to the Old Testament prophet and the work of the prophet as well. But, um, anyways, yeah. So, um, 
so that's that's this this section. Okay, no, I, I'm kind of skipping ahead of my notes here because we're okay. already kind of in the mm-hmm. Jesus praise for us uh, thing. Is there any more anything else you want to elaborate on about that that maybe you didn't get to on Sunday? Yeah. So one of the applications, like I think, I think um, one of the most important things is that Jesus is already. Um, showing what it'll be like to have the paraclete. Like, that's that Greek word we've used for the advocate or the coming Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Jesus is actually the first advocate. And so Jesus, and he is he is hinted in different places that um, it's better for him to go and be it where he'll be uh, interceding on our okay. behalf. Yeah. Um, so it, like... The, those he's going to a place of praying for us and advocating for us. So not only is he modeling what it's going to be like for the coming Holy Spirit, but he's he's also doing it for us in that in that moment. He's becoming the intercessor who would um, who would after this departure uh, would be the one that witnesses to the truth and the love that we have in us. And so Jesus is already doing that. And one of the things that I try to draw our attention to is that um, we look at Holy Week about everything that's happened in the past and we miss what is currently happening. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we that's miss point. that Jesus, because the, the empty tomb, Jesus is alive. Mm-hmm. Jesus is on the throne. Jesus is King, Lord of Lords, and he is praying for us still and interceding on our behalf. And so that that ongoing relationship of Jesus being uh, for us is still happening currently and not just something way back there in the rearview mirror. That's super powerful. I hope people yeah. really think about, listen to that and really take that to heart and, yeah. and kind of look in, inward and, and say, wow, you know, mm-hmm. how, how does that look? Um, you know, how, how does... So you also said, I, I made them known to you. I, I'm, this is jumping out at me, so I don't want to miss it. I made... the made known to them your name he's taught jesus is praying to god mm-hmm. and i will continue to make it known yeah so that's exactly what you're talking about yeah um you know he's praying for us up there, up there yeah there's place. there's an ongoing <laughs> thing right like don't yeah. like don't miss the power of that that's exactly what we're talking about he's the he is he is already he is already in continuing mm-hmm. to intercede on our behalf and he is making his love known to us continually yeah and so that's huge because, like, don't I, I just don't want us to think that we've arrived, yeah. that we've we've learned all there is, that we've experienced all there is in this relationship, and that there's not more for us. And so Jesus is saying this work is going to continue, and it's going to continue by the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Um, and I think that that's huge. Like that's why Paul in Philippians chapter one, and we've talked about this this verse before. Mm-hmm. That I, I pray that you grow in, in knowledge and depth of insight of God's grace uh, more and more. And so the more that, like, like I may know um, all I know today, but tomorrow I can still go further in this house of God. Yeah. And I can learn and, and be changed even more by by who he is. And so that's that's cool. That's yeah. that's a huge thing. Um, and again, it's it's liking it to it's it's pointing towards the present idea that Jesus is alive and that he is the king and like and and that relationship is current and happening and and we we can all see all this like it's in mm-hmm. the past and that's that we shouldn't. So so what do we do today? How do we apply this to our our daily lives today. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one of the things I want us to see is that um, even when we have our own doubts and when we have bad days, Mm -hmm. Jesus is steadfast and faithful. Mm -hmm. It is not 
like think about the disciples. Let me let me share a quote with you um, because I think that uh, I didn't get to share all of this the other day, but I think this is good. Um, so we can't. This is an this is an author that talks about John seventeen. No, we cannot base our life on faith. Even the disciples do not live from their faith in the moment when they are battling anxiety and seasickness. They hardly remember that they are believers. There's simply no time to think about it. That that may be put very crudely, but that's how it is nevertheless. At the moment, the disciples do not live from the fact that God is in their thoughts because he is not, but they live because Jesus Christ is thinking of them, and the stillness that surrounds his conversation with the Father is filled with these thoughts about his own. Our faith's grip on the Father may loosen, but he, it, he in whom we believe holds us fast in his grasp. Jesus' high priestly prayer does not stop even when we quit praying. Thus, there is really no such thing as psychological of religion because the decisive events between God and me do not happen in my psyche and my consciousness at all. They occur in the heart of my Lord. Here and only here, there is constancy and faithfulness. Here there is a love that will not let me go even though my fever chart fluctuates between faith and little faith between trust and doubt, and no reliance can be replaced on my defiant, despondent heart. I don't need to tell you what a comfort it can be to know that, and how that knowledge can help me survive those times when my own faith is cold and empty and dead and sealed heaven arches above me. Mm. So even in the moments where we don't know what's going on, God's love is bigger than your doubts. Yeah. And he is still praying on your behalf, and he is still revealing his love in you and to you. He is still doing that currently. That's powerful over whatever you're walking through today oh, yeah, so and for tomorrow. Sure. And and so that's kind of the big one of the big takeaways. The other thing is, he charges us in this prayer. And I said this uh, Sunday: mm-hmm. Jesus prays it. That means God can do it. Okay, so cool. Jesus yeah. is praying that we would be one, mm-hmm. that we would be united. The disciples, he prays that they would be one, that we would be one with God the Father, Jesus the Son, and, and the Holy Spirit, that we would become one with the Godhead, but we would also become one with each other so that the world might know that God sent Jesus into the world. Mm-hmm. That is the purpose, the continua- continuation of the mission so that we might show the world what's going on and, and, and what we know and what we've experienced and what we love and we're united when we can let things go that aren't integral for our mission and who we are and whose we are and who we belong to so you and i jason and i have differences on something on gun control or on politics or on whatever it is anything you see on facebook today (laughs) yeah as long as it's not central to the gospel right you and i can be united and the way that we love each other and love Love others around us. The world will see a friendship, a mm-hmm, relationship mm-hmm. that is bigger than what is normal in the world, and folks will take notice. Folks will take to think about somebody in an incredible marriage that 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 maybe has gone before you. I don't know if you had any mentors, maybe your parents or whatever right. it is. Someone that has modeled marriage for you in an incredible way. You take notice of that mm-hmm. when husbands mm-hmm. and wives yeah. love each other um, in a in a way that witnesses to something that is bigger than themselves. The church does that very same thing in a way that is promised by God to be transformative for the world. And so the charge is for us 
to be united, for us to be one, for us to to um, seek forgiveness and to um, to to find places of reconciliation and to to not bicker over how yeah. much money we spend on this carpet and the sanctuary yeah, right. or whatever it is, uh, because the church needs that man yeah. it needs to be moving in that direction. And we talked about it over and over again. We're about to. Um, and I was thinking about over the last year because we're coming up on one year anniversary, and this has been a crazy year. Mm-hmm. We've seen a hurricane, and and some of the most incredible scenes is when the church and when we were moving as one and loving as one. That's when the world took notice. That's when acts took off, and that's where the Holy Spirit was leading the church in a united mission, even though it was all over the place. Yeah. Uh, that's that's really impressive, and and something that. Um, that Jesus is promising is possible for us. But, man, we're missing something. We're missing the leading of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. if all we do is fight about stuff. That's right. Yeah. So maybe instead of, before you delete your Facebook account, yeah, yeah. make up with some of these people. Let's get yeah. together and come together on uh, what's important and well, not dwell on how give, mad you are give about up <laughs> your, Give up your feeling that you have to be right all the time. Yeah. And listen, <laughs> listener, on the way to work when you're hearing this, I'm saying that from personal conviction <laughs> because I yeah. know what it is to feel like I have to be right all the time. Yeah. Like seriously, like that is a struggle of mine, but we've got to let it go because that that is not how the world the world doesn't care how smart you are. Mm-mm. But the world will take notice if you love well and you love in a way that's bigger and that's it, just different than what the world has. Because then we start that love that comes from God is a currency that the world is bankrupt of. Oh man, so true. And so we, we begin to, to that's how that's how we witness to the world. I should write that down and put it on the uh, description of this podcast or like the yeah. headline or something like that. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Anything else? No, I think we're let's talk about Holy Week. Let's talk about Holy Week without cramming all. Let's give each one its little fair space to breathe. Yeah. Because I know what's Thir- Thursday Thursday first. Monday, Thursday in the sanctuary at seven o'clock. Okay. Uh great it's gonna be a great service. I'm excited about that. Awesome. Um kind of well, Chris Harrison's leading, so mm-hmm. not traditional. I was going to say traditional Monday <laughs> Thursday, but it's going to be it's going to be good. I'm excited about that. So Monday Thursday, I, you know, 7 Monday Thursday, Monday Thursday is always oh, so depressing, but it's always to me one of the most fulfilling kind yeah. of services, just because. In light of Good Friday, you think Monday Thursday is depressing? I'm sorry. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, where's the one? Be. Where's it the one we be, take? Because that's Last Supper, and there's betrayal, yeah, yeah, yeah. and depends on how they. Yeah, yeah. It, where, yeah. Where do we take down the? Oh, forget it. No, you're good. Trust me. You're good. I stand by my incorrect statement. No, but I, no, it depends. Like, it, it's it's always very somber. I feel at the end of this the because it can't it can't talking be. about then you go into the garden and then all this stuff happens. Yeah, so. it can be. It depends on the service. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I think I was I, just giving you a hard time. You did, and I, I fell for it. Yeah, you Jesus, did. you did, Jesus. <laughs> okay, what's uh, Friday? Before I forget, oh. there's child care okay. available Thursday and Friday. Good. Don't let me forget that. Um, you don't have to. I just said it, so it's okay. <laughs> Anyways, I'll remind you later. <laughs> so fr- then Friday, uh, Good Friday, there are services in the sanctuary and the Vine worship space at 7 o'clock. Both of them are at 7. Okay. Okay, so come. Mm-hmm. Um, those of you that are listening to 515, yeah, I don't know. You may or may not be prone to come to the Vine, but let me tell you about what's going on in the Vine. Um, 
just really pumped about uh, Ryan Delange is going to mm-hmm. be there to lead us um, and, with music, and um, it's going to be a contemplative kind of tenebrae service where there's readings and and just understanding what like what's happening and let's let's consider what the cross does to bring us together and things like that. So I'm really really excited. Good Friday is a hard service, but it's one of my favorites, and so um, please invite people, neighbors, coworkers, like, I really think this can make this, this opportunity is a way that we intentionally think about what Jesus has accomplished in the cross. And Mm -hmm. there's no better way, no better place, I think, to invite somebody um, who's been considering church. Does everybody know what a Tenebrae service or just not me? Probably not. Just uh, Tenebrae, uh, like... It, it's kind of like move. It's like a shadow service. So, anyways, it's we're gonna be taking steps into the shadows of the cross. Is kind of how you talk about okay, it. Yeah. But really, what what it is is we're telling the story of what happened with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So there would be scripture readings and um, there's some more creative acts. But it's a it's a very worshipful cool. night. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be good. So it's gonna be really unique and kind of different than what we're normally yes. used to seeing in, in the vine. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. Um, that's Friday. Saturday we have off. Yep. Well, Saturday there's no worship services. <laughs> yeah. Uh, s- yeah. Sunday. Sunday morning. Sunday morning we'll start off with sunrise in the park town center. Uh, speaking of good opportunities to invite somebody, that's a cool. That's yeah. a cool setting for someone who has has been considering church. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, a non-church goer, seven a.m. is probably hard. Hard that's to true, consider, but, but you know, any service you can, you bring a long chair. But you're too. wearing you're wearing shorts and drinking yes. coffee, and there's donuts out there, and there are donuts. I can vouch for that. Yeah, and so and it's out in the park when the sun's coming up. It's fun. It's really Easy fun. to sneak in the back and sneak out after it's over. But that's we hope right. you don't. That's, that's right. <laughs> and then after that, we're heading back to the church for yeah. And then nine forty eleven in the vine worship, uh-huh. and the sanctuary is eight thirty nine forty eleven. That's a full day. Yeah, that's a full week, all in one day. Yep. Well, excellent. I'm looking forward to it. Um, this is what, this is one of the things you we shoot for all year long. Yeah. Um, I don't remember if we ever got to the story about the Jesus on a donkey, but I know he's on a donkey in this story. Yeah. Will that give me a little tease? Well, will, will that show up in the story? No, it, it was. Uh, no, we've kind of we kind of hinted and covered it in Palm Sunday this. We past did week. do that. We've already missed the Just donkey. Just briefly, sorry. Well, that's what this episode's to talk it about. It was John Wayne's fault. All we, were, the we were closing episode. out Make Ready, and so I didn't really focus hard on Palm Sunday. That's fair, though. We had all those kids come in with the palm fronds in Yeah, what else do you want from me, Jason? That's all. I'm satisfied <laughs> right now. In okay. fact, I think we can put a bow on this. All right. All right, friends. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you all later. We appreciate it. Take Bye. care.